we were talking about that the fact that I just found out for my own ignorance that um the situation up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, um and this is I'm gonna give out the date. This is November twenty twenty one. We what one day away from them giving the verdict. They just gave the verdict yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's his last name? Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is, Rittenhouse. The, is the guy. Yeah, the he, guy that got off. All charges. Um, we're talking about the seventeen year old um, man um, that left his home in what Illinois or Iowa or somewhere and drove to Wisconsin. His mom drove him to Wisconsin with his AR fifteen um, to go. Uh, in his mind, I think he said that he was going to help protect what was going on in Kenosha because um, the brother had been killed by the police there. This is all. Now he the, um. The Blake fella didn't die though. He didn't. Okay. No, nope, he um in the hospital. I think he's paralyzed. Now was he the gentleman that the that he 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 not the one that that they shot him in the car? No, that was Philando Fel- Castile. Damn. Yeah, he was shot in the car next to his girlfriend with the girl, little girl in the back in the back seat. Yep. Right. Okay. Now, Same region though. Right. Right. The yeah. Blake. The Blake incident. That was, you know, he was fussing with his baby mama. Uh, she called the police on him. You know, he was tussling with the police. Like, mm-hmm. they were saying, hey, you need to come here. He's like, I ain't gonna go nowhere. You know, snatching away from him. Right. And he's like, well, I'm going. He starts walking to his car. He opens the door and they just light him up. Pow, 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 pow. But he had his door, his kids in the car. Right. He's like, he said he was going to check on his kids. You know, like. Hmm. That do know everything was okay, but they lit them up. Right. So, the protesters. Now, a lot of people say like the conversation that we were having came to justice. It seems, but but you have to look a little bit deeper than that. Absolutely. And realize that that within within their community, the white community, I mean, they have a hierarchy too. And even if you got rid of all the minorities in America, we still wouldn't. No, I'm saying if it was just white people in America, right? They have white people that they would immediately turn into the beginnings of America. Absolutely, yes. So <clears throat> the only reason there's there's certain white people that only enjoy a certain amount of of station or or status in this country because they're minorities here. If minorities weren't here, then, for example, the poor whites would find themselves at the at the very bottom of the totem pole. For well, a long time ones. ago, a uh, long time ago, Italians were at the bottom of the totem pole. Right. Um, some there's a large percentage of of the white population that no matter what they say, they're really not totally accepting the Jews. Mm-hmm. And the same resistance that you see to the black struggle. You're seeing when when like Antifa, that's the anti-fascist movement. To to the people over there influencing on the right, that is the the dangerous Jewish people they're scared of. Mm-hmm. So when they think Antifa, they think rebellious, and they're rebellious and making noise. And the thing is, I haven't seen a lot of violence out of them, but in their mind, right. Antifa is dangerous, mm-hmm. just like Black Lives Matter is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Why, personally, I have not, you know, I I don't know. I maybe maybe some violence was committed on behalf of Antifa, but I don't know of it. You know, 
No. I don't. I don't. To me, Antifa and Black Lives Matter is not a violent movement because I'm on that side of the struggle, and I know that complaining about being how you being treated is not violence. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and destroying property. De- um, destroying property is a violent act, but it's not the type of violence that has been committed. When you think about like when you think about, about one group telling people they're violent because they broke a window. Right. And these people have enslaved people. burned millions of people in concentration camps. They've yeah. enslaved populations and committed torturous acts of violence on right. all the minorities they could think of. But then when you get mad and break a window, mm-hmm. you're labeled as a violent thug. Right. And it's it's you know it, it, right, right. <laughs> yeah. So so you gotta you gotta remember the dude, one of the dudes got killed. He wasn't um James Smith, that was a Rosenbaum that got killed. Right. Right. And the Rosenbaums in America don't get much more protection. <laughs> I mean, you know, they of course Jewish people may have a little bit more financial influence in this country than black people do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, when you're fighting that that supremacy machine, mm-hmm. the Rosenbaums are right there with the Wilsons yeah, <laughs> and the Washingtons <laughs> you know what I'm saying absolutely and that's the crazy part that that's why um, so yeah so what you so what you see is white on white crime Whew. what you really saw was that boy went down there and killed a Jewish dude mm-hmm. and the, the kind of people that walk around with guns in the middle of a riot mm-hmm. they hate Jews just as much as they hate blacks and gays absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. And, so and that's know, why there was no justice. That's why there was no justice. And you know, we got to go back to the the other part too about um what we what history has shown us happens when um they have a difference of opinions or a difference of ideas because it's it's a little bit more than an opinion when you have the power to act it out. It's right. an idea at that point. Only, only when they have differences of ideas, you know, you start worrying about the country falling into civil unrest and having some kind of civil war, mm-hmm. because that's the only group of people here that act like damn fools when they don't get what they want. They, they, they actually have that power. And everybody else, like we're used to, nobody else in this country is is gonna act this foolish over like think about it we're gonna storm the capitol because the president we wanted lost that's the kind of issue (laughs) that the rest of the people in america had to deal with right from you when you get Mm -hmm. when you get disappointed about something you know what i'm saying um they turned they 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 turned to savages right wait a minute my slave, you're gonna take my slaves and make them free. Violent. I paid good money for this man, Violent. so now you know you you willing to lose a son over this bullshit, right? You know what I'm saying? I will send my son to war, mm-hmm. so I can keep these Indeed, he can go to war, right? And you right, I will I will go and <laughs> I will take a gun to the Capitol, huh? I'll kill to, my to keep this president that. That the whole country said everybody went and voted. Right. The majority of people said we don't want them. Mm-hmm. This is what happens when white people don't get what they want. Right. Right. 
look at the outrage when the when our unemployment rate hit nine nine percent. Oh, white people outraged. Some of them killed themselves because right. the, the job opportunities was they just weren't there. Right, I couldn't deal with it. Can't pay my bills. And for the rest of the minorities in the country, a nine percent unemployment rate is normal. Um, even at during the best of times when we had the best unemployment rate in the country that you can have, the black unemployment rate is eight, nine percent. So as minorities here, we live in a state that if you were to take the average white people and put them in that place, it is unacceptable. Unacceptable, absolutely. So everyday life <laughs> is for most of us is unacceptable for them. Right, right. But we just I mean, I deal with it, though. and when they get to that point, that's when all of a sudden they become dangerous. And you know, I think you mentioned it a minute ago. Hell, we become dangerous. I mean, yeah, like anybody living in in less than ideal conditions. So you know, the idea that 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 criminal activity is doesn't reside in black communities or or listen to or ghettos. It resides in poor communities and where there's poverty there's crime and when the unemployment rate hit white people and they started going broke their crime started when they started and the same thing with the drugs here come the opioids Mm -hmm. so you got all that stuff that you blame black people for for years and said that that there's you know why come black people can't stop smoking this crack (laughs) put them in jail that's the only place for somebody who smokes crack now they got treatment. And now service. there's all this sympathy because you see your own children uh-huh. dealing with the with an epidemic, a drug epidemic, and now you have sympathy for the user, right? That you could not find when it was a black man. Absolutely. You see what I'm saying? Now you want to go charge the the dealer. So you see, black people have already lived this, and we went to jail. When the, when a drug epidemic hit our community, all our people who participated in it went to jail. Went to jail. Even the when smokers. the same thing happened to white people, it was unacceptable. Right. It was acceptable for us, mm-hmm. but for them it was unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And they went through great lengths to make sure that their children and the people within their community that are partaking in these opioids, they did everything they could to save them. Do not want them to go to jail. Right. They want them to get help. They want them to have treatment. Yep. And that's why we don't trust this shit you say. Right. Because the only time they care is when when it's them. When it's them. You know, but that's reality. And you know, the funny thing is, like, I don't have, I don't dislike white people. Right. The reason that, that, that there's a, a perception that the, the of the angry black man mm-hmm. is because people expect out of you what they would do themselves right and that's why they live in fear right because white people know Mm -hmm. that if they have power Mm -hmm. they're going to enslave you right they're going to take what's yours right like you know if they they show up in your country they're going to take everything Mm -hmm. they're going to kill your people this is not, I'm not making this up. This, this mm-hmm. is what happens when facts. white people show up in places. All facts. So that's why they're so scared of Mexicans coming here. Right. But Mexicans don't want to come here and kill all the white people. No. Nah. And take and take their land 
They just and get to it. Right. They just they just want to come here and work. But yep. since white people, when they show up places, mm-hmm. they want to kill, destroy, and and steal and pillage. Right. So they think that's what everybody wants to do. So they're in constant fear of everyone else because they expect out of them mm-hmm. what they do. So, and I'm here to tell you, white people, black people and minorities, like, they don't give a shit. Like, at this point, nobody's looking for revenge. Yeah, man. Like, most of just want to be left alone. Like, all black people, Mexicans, all the minorities want is for white people to leave us alone. Yeah. So we can, man, have ish. So black people, if black people were to get in power tomorrow, no, we're not going to enslave white people. We wouldn't and, even know how to start because it ain't in our heart, right? And we're not gonna like if if all of a sudden it was ninety percent black people and ten percent white people, black people wouldn't just go and steal your land and take your businesses <laughs> and burn them down <laughs> and rape your women and burn throw your babies to the gators. We wouldn't do that. That's what you did, but right. we would not do that. Yeah, we would not have you build our houses and 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 build a new country for us, right? And then tell you you can't live in it. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't do that to you. We wouldn't send you off the war to get you to fight our battles. And then when you come home, you still treat it as less. Right. We would never do that. Like we would not have you build all this stuff and then and then tell you can you know hey build this building. But then when it's time to get a drink of water, you go to the back door. <laughs> right. Through the dirt. You know we wouldn't do that to you. So stop. So stop being scared of that. The fact that you can't like like that's why it's so scared of critical race theory. It's like they want everybody to forget about what happened, right? Because they think that the more it's talked about, people gonna get angry and do it back to you. But I'm just trying to let you know, minorities are beyond trying to like we just don't have it in our heart, and had you know, it's not it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So you know, Barack Obama became the president. He didn't lock up all white people. You know, we didn't even get reparations. Y'all can just chill, <laughs> relax. You know what I'm saying? Right. Just want to be left alone. So, rest in peace, Young Dolph, man. Oh man, yeah. And since this is a hip hop show, you know, coming around to um, to bringing it back to hip hop, <sighs> we sit here and worry so much about about what um, what other people do to us. And I can complain all day about how I've been treated by white people as a minority in this country, and it's been horrible. At the same time, mm-hmm. I I can't say that um that the treatment, the the way we treat each other is stellar, and appropriate. You know what I mean? Huh. We gotta treat each other better, man. Hip hop rappers still the most dangerous profession in the world. Man, you gotta think, man. Just the other day, these dudes. <clears throat> The dudes went and killed Young Dolph. And I want you to think about what we started off talking about or, or the, the lane that we're kind of in right now, right? You know, we're speaking a little bit about race relations. And this has always puzzled me. We got dudes that claim they're the realest in the hood. Hmm. And, you know, I know that if I go to the club knock somebody's drink over on his clothes, step on his shoe and slap his girl. Yeah. You, I might get shot that night. Right. But 
gonna be perfectly honest with you, man. We got all these gangs representing and all these thugs. I I have zero respect for anybody out here banging, claiming they tough. And if you'll shoot an op over Instagram post and George Zimmerman's still out here walking around, Fact. then shut up, up, you ain't ish. Right, right. If you can, if you can kill somebody who looks like you, same over some bullshit, we can go kill Young Dolph, a mother dead to go for just giving out Christmas turkeys in the projects, hmm. and book bags, and shit like that, and then y'all let George Zimmerman walk around. I mean, you feel it? it Claim you thugging, you- but that ain't that ain't thugging. That's ignorance, right. pure ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Like thugs stand y'all. for something. Thugs stand for something. Y'all, y'all, y'all like it ain't stand for ish. And y'all made a point, man. I'm just sick and tired. Like y'all, you know, just shooting for nothing, shooting people for nothing, shooting them for, for no reason. It's people out here that deserve to die, and I get tired of seeing them walk mm-hmm. around consequence free while niggas go for them doing nothing, get shot over the smallest offenses. It's ish ass. And too many bench ass niggas out here with guns. I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of kids. I'm sick of teenagers getting killed. This shit. We live here in Raleigh, Durham area. Understand Durham? Like, I shot up an eight year old birthday party not too long ago. Who the fuck is that? Really? Stupid ish head. So you got a gun and you want to shoot somebody? It's a motherfucker. killed a 15 year old black guy walking around who was walking home from the store with Skittles. Hmm. It's three motherfuckers that'll probably end up out here on the street in about two months if you want target practice. It's three motherfuckers that's probably gonna end up out here on the street that shooting for jogging. Yep. So, you know, all these dudes with guns looking for issues to shoot, they got guns and they shooting us for nothing. It's crazy, man. But if you, you the only person you could find was Young Dolph, that was your first choice, they can get their priorities together. You know what I'm saying, and I'm not. I'm not advocating anybody go kill somebody. I'm just saying, if you are going to kill somebody, at least make it count because you're going to jail. Your life is over. If is it me? So what? Yeah, what's going to be the most benefit to society? <sighs> Let's weigh it. There's Young Dolph. <laughs> and let's say I'm not saying I'm not telling anybody to go kill Zimmerman, but let's just say then there's George Zimmerman. He's out right. here, and Young Dolph is out here. You got choices, people. Ooh, young dog said he forgot a girl. Well, George Zimmerman said oh, all these things. And he emboldened all these other motherfuckers to do what they do. As long as George Zimmerman is out here walking around, yep. everybody else who want to kill him, forget nothing, is going to do it. And they can say, well, I mean, nothing's going to happen. But they don't, don't protect each other. Right. I promise you, if a black dude had killed a little 15-year-old white boy, every state would have had randoms getting sorted up in trees. Yep. But then they do this. This does nothing. Crickets. Hmm. At the whole thug community. So here's what I ask of you. Leave us alone. The only people you're going to fight with is people you grew up with, people that helped you become what you're going to become, and people who would have possibly, could have possibly done something for your kids one day. Stop, nigga, fuck this community up. Right. 
it's plenty of people out here need fixing. And <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And if you got all this energy and a life to throw away, then throw it away helping your community. Get rid of some of these mothers that are preying on our people. Your and stop nigga up the wrong folks. And I don't know, maybe, you know, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people that got killed that were supposed to get killed. Yeah. But, um, you know, I might have to edit all this because somebody gonna accuse me of my head <laughs> fanning some flames. Something happened to George Zimmerman tomorrow. The day after this, this is my mother. Oh, oh people Lord, been they saying it. it though. They been saying it. So you, yeah. you're not the first, and you won't be the last. Uh, look at Kodak Black. I think that's Kodak Black track or Roddy Rich fantasizing. Insane man I was gonna say It, it makes, makes you question It all um, Because I I come up in an era Where um, If you wanted <clears throat> If you wanted Some kind of protection You go to the hood And the hood Is gonna protect you From whatever is Outside of the hood From getting you While you're in The hood Now not to That's say That's how it used to be Right Not not to say something Wouldn't happen Pre-crack. to you In the hood Man <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, because now you don't even got the protection of the hood. Like, like I don't know. It's, it's spooky. Mm-mm. I'm sick and tired. Yeah. And I don't know if Young Dolph did anything to anybody that that made them mad enough to come back and. Of course and he get did. Him. But the, the thing is, like, I know. I mean, I know something happened, but sometimes yeah. it's just stupid. It's stupid. Like. Like some, sometimes it could just be something as simple as I'm 14, 15 years old and said, we're going to kill young Dolph to come up. Who knows? I don't know what it was about. Somebody tried to kill that guy a hundred times. They shot his vehicle a hundred times in 2018, 17 or something. CIAA in Charlotte. Broad daylight. Mm. If the vehicle wasn't bulletproof, they would have hit him a hundred times. And he walked away from that. I think that let me see. I can say this because I like Dolph. I think that was a that that should have been a wake up call to anybody. You can't move around out here without security. That now I'm I'm gonna give him credit and say since he was in the game and and being an independent artist with the success that he had, he left the street part of himself alone, even though he didn't leave the streets alone. You know, right. you you could still love the streets and do stuff like he was doing for Thanksgivings and all this other stuff, and still be of the streets. But he's not out there putting drugs or sh- guns in the community. Right. So even if, but something before he his vehicle got shot a hundred times, something in life he did before that to make that vehicle get shot a hundred times. Right. Like how can you as a rational thinker that's why you know it's so much stuff that we go through and so much trauma and stuff that we don't deal with because he was walking around without security that's that's why rap is you know that's why a rapper is the most dangerous profession because yes. like when a star needs security it's not usually for a crazy person who's gonna kill you mm-hmm. it's from fans they're gonna rip your clothes off Right, you know what I'm saying, but in hip hop, it's different. You don't kill you just for being, yes. you know, like oh, I can get my money, I'm gonna kill him. I mean, seriously, that seems right. to be that seems to be how it goes. What a stupid conversation! Right, poverty. Hey, 
You know Gucci Mane just put that song out. Yeah. You know him and Jeezy beefing. Yeah. I don't like new one. But Jeezy said he got ten thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> ten thousand dollars for what? For for Gucci chain. Let's go kill that. Again. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. Stupid issue. So Hey, I heard said uh AC Sentacion ended how long ended up. He over there getting a motorcycle. Let's go kill that. Stupid ish. Like put it like this. When you've done something worth dying truly worth dying for, mm-hmm. it don't take any years to catch up with you. Right. Like for example, <clears throat> Tupac. Tupac beat the tag that night. Before the night was over, there he go, kill him. Over. When you've done something, somebody's really mad enough to kill you for it. Yeah. They get you right then. Mm-hmm. And then a year later, like like a year later, dude probably wouldn't even been thinking about this shit. I mean, of course he's still angry. Right. But he's not as angry as he is that night. Like that night, I'm gonna kill this motherfucker from the strip in front of everybody. Yeah. And drive away. It's not that's not gonna happen five years later, two years later. You see what I'm saying? So when you got motherfuckers that ain't even been in the streets for a couple of years and then they just turn up, get killed. That's somebody that, that ain't even like that's not even a beef that that's probably a recent fresh thing. So this is not a, a, a act of um what do you call it when somebody's just act of rage in the moment. You right. know what I mean? These are premeditated murders mm-hmm. that people sat and thought about because, you know, like you do you're not even gonna be close enough to young Dolph for him to make you mad enough to kill him in the moment. Right. So That's you probably ain't seen him in four years. That's what I'm talking about. So whatever he did four years ago was not bad enough for you to kill this dude. Mm-hmm. If you ain't do it right then. If you ain't do it then. Right. So yeah, I'm I'm a little discouraged. I'm discouraged with with the state of hip hop. Discouraged with the state of the world. The United States, our people, their people, everybody. It's just. You know, it's just ugly, man. This past this past year has just shown me how ugly people are on the inside, and I didn't. You know, it's it, the the whole going through COVID, COVID and Trump brought the absolute worst out of everybody. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I didn't want to know that much about people because the 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 cynicist in me, the cynical side of me, I always said, well, you know, people ain't issue. But I've always managed to be able to overlook that so I could keep a big circle. Yeah. Because you know people ain't ish. Yeah, you already know that. You know what I'm saying? You know that. Right. You don't need a reminder. Right. But. They're going to give it to you. You can, you can, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough, though, you can try to stay as unaware of people and their ish as possible Mm -hmm. to allow you to keep your relationships. Right. Because the more you know about people, the more you know about people, the smaller your circle is going to get. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> like, you be like, yo, that's my man right there. That's my man right there. That's my man right there. And then you start turning the pages. Like, this little children. And yeah. you got to cut him off. Right. But just something you wouldn't know till you get to know him. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Then the other one, you find out, oh, they in the piece of wife every night. I can't do the girlfriend's dude. Mm-hmm. You know, so the only way to have a big circle is to not know people that well. Because the better you get to know people, you find out that people ain't his shit. Mm-hmm. Like, when you didn't know Donald Trump, you didn't dislike him. He, you got to know too much about him, and you find out that he was a racist. You were sad. You knew he was over with our asshole, but he could have he could have fooled everybody into not knowing that he was a sad. 
Oh no, I, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I, I think this is just me. Maybe because I look at stuff so differently sometimes. But all of them, um, if they have wealth in this country, and from my vantage point, if they haven't done more for my people, they are the same. And there's very few of them that, in my like I said, from my vantage point, that really have done anything. You know, because if if this means so much to you and these this group of people are like they say your brother and your sister and stuff like that, sacrifice your fucking money so this stuff can change. Well, and that's no nah, rich people just don't don't do that <laughs> exactly because they don't give a fuck. The only thing huh? they care about is the money. Well, see, when he got in there and he he started poking at the races. See, I I think that was a um that was a play from. Obama Because Obama did the same thing He just did it to People who didn't have power If the If it was reversed And we were The white people Or the majority uh, Obama's people Would have been The same folks who They historically Had never voted before They had They would have had um, Views of Superiority Towards the people who were less. Oh, you talking about when Obama went into office? The people that voted him in that came out the woodwork. From kind of, they did the same thing that Trump did. You right? That's what a, he took I never thought about that. Right? He got people that never came out and voted before, and now they out here voting and they empowered, and they mad because they thought that by voting, because since they never voted before, they thought that voting for Barack Obama was gonna, gonna be a magic bullet, and it was gonna give Obama ran on change. They thought Trump things would change immediately. Make America great again. Uh, again, things got to change. Right. Change. He was like no other white man who had been in there in most of these people's lifetimes. So, oh shit, that's what I. That's how I really feel. Let me go vote for him. Right. And the thing is, like, as a for for white people who support Donald Trump. It's not they. They're fooling if they say they know he was racist. They yes, know. They know he's on. racist. Here's the deal, people. They just don't give a shit. Yes. And I'm going to tell you a story, that uh, a story of, of flipping the coin. Let's just imagine an imaginary world that this country was 60% black and 15% white. And mm. Louis Farrakhan was running for president. <laughs> well, about half of the black people in this country would say, damn right, Farrakhan. The other half would be like, man, I don't know, man. Farrakhan's so divisive, and and he doesn't speak for me. But here's what all black people would know. Whether I like him or not, mm-hmm. he ain't going to hurt me. Right. <laughs> so, so you don't, as a black person, we would have just as little... Um, we would have just as little interest in voting for their interests as they do in voting for ours. For ours. It only takes an extremely kind person, a caring person, to say, because at the end of the day, Trump's not going to hurt any white people. His shit hurts black people. Well, actually, it hurts poor white people, but they don't, they're, they're still in the fog because, you know, there are a lot of them are ignorant and they don't watch the news. They don't understand that the policies that hurt black people hurt poor white people too. Right. Because they don't they don't they don't realize they, you know, that they're in the same boat. So I'm glad you use 
Minister Farrakhan and Trump as your example, because mm-hmm. I'm going to take a step further. In order to get to a, a Minister Farrakhan to be on the level of actually being president, this kind of change had to happen. So the extreme of the extremist set the stage for what's next. Our next president, if it's not Donald Trump, is going to be so far away from the norm that it's going to change everything forever. That's, you know, that's a um, that's one of my concerns. <laughs> is what happens, you know, what happens after after these four years. Here's the thing, though, for somebody as crazy and incompetent as Donald Trump to get in the office, you have to have the all the right combination of of appeal of whatever, right? And <laughs> and I, you know, Donald Trump is just a once in a lifetime type type of character man man Trump coming back yeah he might but I don't I don't think there's anybody else who could get over being as negative and racist as he was and gain that much support he had a unique anybody else is gonna not be able to drum up enough support to be taken seriously you know what seriously I think what Trump did Trump gave the courage to say how you feel Mm -hmm. so he touched people to make them get into in tune with their inner self, like Cat Williams said, their inner self. Now that they are on that train and they have all of this, because I don't know if you've been paying attention to white people and other people, but people, like you said, they've gotten so mean. That's confidence in being an ass. That's Man. what Trump brought to this country. You know, it's just some days are worse than other. Like, here's the thing: every day is a here's here's what life is as a black man. This is the this is the topic of today's conversation. Mm-hmm. This is what life is like for a black person. Hmm. Okay, this is life. I wake up. I got a. I got kids, twelve and fifteen. I wake up, I see the news. My kids, they like to play sports. I like for them to jog. I wake up and see the news, see this black man jogging. Hmm. He's no bigger than my son. And then I watch a white man, three white dudes in trucks videotaping this shit, chasing this man all over the fucking place. And they shoot him, you know. Then they try to tell you he's wrong because he didn't want to be chased with a gun. You know, and then that, I see my son and Trayvon Martin. I wake up and I see that. I see a boy going to the store to get Skittles. When my kids ride their bicycles to the store and walk through the neighborhood, I see my kids. I see the Blake guy, Kenosha, whose father went to Winston-Salem State during this time period that I'm in college. And I see my son. So every day, as a black man, I wake up and I see our sons getting killed. That's traumatizing. But there's no therapy. Then I I do research. I'm a you know, I'm somewhat of a history buff. And and I read, you know, I know about, you know, the every for every rosewood, like there's twenty, thirty rosewoods in America. And you've seen the movie and then you read stories about thriving um, areas of black business that were burned to the ground. And 
man, that's traumatizing. And there's no therapy. You know, uh, you know, I hear stories. I have family members who who used to own land and, you know, was taken by white people. Shady business deals and stuff like that. And there's no recourse because black people couldn't go to court and get justice. Mm-hmm. And it's traumatizing. And there's no therapy. So every day as a black man, I wake up and the world reminds me that my life ain't important. The world reminds me that my work ain't worth the same money as everybody else's. The world reminds me that it's that one of these devilish lumpers could do something to one of my kids and the justice system isn't gonna do anything. And it's traumatizing. And there's no therapy. And it gets harder and harder every day because there's never any justice. And you see this every day. And I got kids. And it's traumatizing. After I had kids, I started trying to become more healthy because they're going to need me. So I got to make sure that I can be here to guide them through this bullshit. And it's traumatizing because all the extra work that I have to do, I have to sit here and explain to my kids that, hey, you have white friends, but here's what's going to happen one day. It's not maybe it's going to happen. Here's what is going to happen. One day, y'all are going to get to an age, and they're going to be interested in doing something, something that should seem normal and harmless, like going to the mall or, you know, going to a house party. And I'm going to have to remind my kids that things that they might do that seem mischievous, you cannot take part in at all. Like if they, if you go to a party and everybody there is drinking beer, you can't have a drink with them. You can't if if you're at a store and they all decide to steal a piece of candy before they walk out and run to the car. In this America, if you're with that that group, they all might get away with it, but you might lose your chance to go to college. You might spend time in jail over a piece of candy. Or the police might come and beat you to death, put a foot on your face. Who knows? And it's traumatizing. And there's no therapy. It's tough when you go work and you really know in your heart that if you were white, you would make more money. Jobs like to offer you what what they think you'll take. Not what you're worth. Not what you're worth. Mm Mm-hmm. Even having the opportunity to get into the interview is such a blessing because a lot of times we won't get the interview because the people in the hiring are so biased mm-hmm. that just your name on the application is, you know, right. Laquisha and mm. Tamarius. When you got to understand that when your name sounds black and you get even a job interview, then you are blessed that the person who looked at your application was not one of those people who should be it. Or they had a medical quota. You know, yeah, but but whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
yeah. then when you get there, you got an interview, you got to hope that person doesn't have bias against you. Mm-hmm. And then when they get ready to hire you, you got to understand that they know that they pay black people less than they pay white people. Mm-hmm. So they know they're going to offer you less than they offer a white person. Right. And they know that you'll be likely to take it because of how hard it was for you to even get into this interview. Anyway. And you damn sure don't want to go do this again because you send out 10 applications. I I will stand by this number to the day I die. 50% of every white person you meet would think you're a fit. And you never know which ones they are. So you right. might meet four, and it could be four that don't think that way. Right. Or it could be all four of them think that way. Or it could be 50-50. Mm-hmm. But if you just polled the whole country, yes, 50% of white people don't want nothing to do with us. They did poll it during the last election. Because <laughs> half of the white voters voted for Donald Trump. <laughs> 50, and, and, and even by that number, if those 50% that voted for Trump are not racist, then that 50% are the 50% of people who would watch you get your ass upped up by a racist and would yeah. not tell him to stop. Not. So you have to understand what you're dealing with. And with by those numbers, that means that when you turn in a job application, 50% of the white people that see it are not even going to take it seriously. They don't want you to work there. Period. Off top. <laughs> it's traumatic. Right. Looking for a job. <laughs> and then when you get it, 50% of white people don't want you to make the same money a white person makes. Right. And the ones that might want you to make the same money a white person makes know that they could get away with paying you less, so they're not going to give it to you anyway. Absolutely. Because it makes them look good to save the company a little money. And if they can save it by hiring a black person who do this for 50 when I would have had to give a white person 80 then I hired a black person the black person's happy because he finally got a job. The mm-hmm. white person's happy because we say $30,000 and I can get that raise to my boss. Yep. This white man, he's going to use it to buy another car for his daughter. He's <laughs> going to Stanford next year. <laughs> and it's traumatic. And there's no therapy. Hmm. And every day we got to get up and live with this pressure. And that's just one part. Let's be clear now. That's just one part. Oh, yeah, I ain't even gotten the car and drove nowhere yet. I ain't been in the store. This is just waking up. This is just waking up and how you feel about life. This is what life is. This is what part of it. That's You know, like, we ain't even been to the hospital. We haven't been to the doctor for anything. Like, you know, it's, it's stress everywhere. Like, you know, as a black man, you know, I know that when I go to the doctor, like, I'm going to the doctor over and over and over again for the same stuff. Begging for medicine that I know they have, you know that I know other people have gotten, but just can't seem to get my hands on. If y'all, if they had known the opioids are bad for you, black people would have been getting that good pain medicine years ago. Years ago, the only reason why they didn't have an opioid problem is because it was good pain medicine, and the doctors didn't want that to have it. Yep. So they saved it for white folks. Yep. Because you could have gave that, you could have gave that that epidemic to everybody. But instead, you said try to keep that bad medicine for yourself, and wish it was addictive. And child, you ain't strung out trying to man change them laws that lock you us up for them when you did it to us with the crack. Right. And now you got to suffer the consequences too. Mm. Trying so hard to hurt somebody, hurt yourself. This is Capital City with Capital J. I think that's it, man. That's it.